Welcome to the RevCast, the weekly podcast where we discuss real-life issues and how to make sense of the chaotic crazy. I'm your host, Reverend Daniel Rogers, a.k.a. The Rev, and I've brought friends. With us today, and as always, the most lovely, most gifted, and most talented, Miss Amanda Albright. Hello, Miss Amanda. How's the hand-washing going today? Hi there, Rev. Well, fun fact. Every year on Black Friday, I buy one thing. Every year on Black Friday, I buy my annual supply of hand soap. I go to Bath and Body Works and you buy one, get one free. And if you buy six, then you get six free and that lasts me the entire year. Except for this year, where I am almost already out. It's only March and my supply is running low. So the hand washing is um, going differently than usual, I would say. How about you, Red? How are you today? Oh, I'm doing great, doing great. I've become kind of an expert wiper uh, as I walk around and just wipe down everything I see. I'm just constantly wiping down. And my hands, I would have to say, are pretty, I don't know, I've started using lotion. And I'm not a guy (laughs) who uses lotion, okay? And so I've started using some lotion. But uh, Amanda, it's great to be together today, and I'm super excited about our episode today. Amanda, why don't you introduce our first guest for us today? Yes, I am so delighted. Today we have Dr. Tom Alsbury with us. Um, Dr. Alsbury served 18 years as a high school science teacher, a principal, and a district administrator, and then has served as a professor of educational leadership at four different universities. He's founded and directed the National UCEA Center for Research on Superintendency and District Governance. He's the founder and the president of Balanced Governance Solutions. The man has written multiple books. He's, written, he's won multiple awards. He travels and advises school boards and districts across the nations. And he's developed this board governance approach that's being adopted by school districts throughout the U.S. We joke sometimes in the staff room that we'll be talking about something related to education. And Tom will come in and say, oh, I wrote a book on that. So we're delighted that we get to work with him and just um, blessed by his expertise. Yes, we are super blessed, Tom, to have you with us uh, today and with and have you at BCS is such a blessing. Um, Tom, when you sent us your your bio for this segment, you will, were real clear with me and Amanda that though professionally you've accomplished a lot of awesome things, uh, you said that the most important part of your personal story is that you accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior in the eighth grade. Uh, You've served 15 years, the past 15 years as a church worship director. Um, Music's a huge part of your life. You produced a CD with a band that you're a part of, the James Project Band. And you met your wife in the first grade, and you're celebrating your 40th wedding anniversary. Um, You guys have a son and a daughter who are both Christians and followers of Jesus, and they're both married. And you got four grandchildren, man. Um, So you're obviously, Tom, you're a man of faith and you're a man of science. Um, Could you share with us a little bit about how does how do those two things interact? Um, How does your faith inform your approach to science and how does your science inform your approach to faith? Well, thanks. And I just want to say hello uh, and welcome, Rev and Amanda. And what a pleasure it is, a joy for me to have the um, the opportunity to work with students at BCS. It's been a wonderful year. 
Um, yeah, great question. Faith and science, man, sometimes we think those things are in conflict with each other. And actually, the Bible talks quite a bit about this uh, topic, you know, from Genesis to Revelation, there's actually 41 verses uh, in the Bible that talk about God and uh, creating the heavens and the earth, for example. And even in Romans, it talks about that people have uh, exchanged the truth of God for a lie and have begun to worship and serve things that were created rather than serving the creator. And so there's this dilemma between faith and science in that, you know, what do we believe in? Do we believe that God just made everything or uh, like in the creation story? Or what about what evolution has to say, for example, and how do we square that? So let me say that there's several ways that I think you can uh, approach this. The three ways that are uh, through conflict, through mm -hmm. contrast or through convergence. So you can um, you can say, well, I just don't believe in science. I believe what the Bible says, and that would be an approach through conflict, you know, or vice versa. I believe in science and not in what the Bible says. They are in conflict with each other. Another approach is that you can say, well, I approach this through contrast. That is that science and religion are both uh, okay. They're both good things. They're both right things, but they just are not the same things. In fact, we see this frequently throughout history. In 1893, Pope Leo XIII instructed the church that you should not look in the scripture for th about things of science. And Galileo in the 17th century told his fellow Catholics that they should not be um, concerned about scientific discovery. Um, in, in fact, some of my, my favorite quotes come from the founders of many of the fields of science and i could list many but um, i'll just point out one a louis pasteur who is the pioneer of bacteriology um, was a man of faith and said the more i study nature and the more the more i stand amazed at the work of the creator science brings men nearer to god mm. and so many many of our scientific discoveries were founded by people of God who believe that by studying um, our, our world, by knowing more about it, that they could they could learn more about the nature of God, because after all, God created all these things. My goodness. Um, I think that's going to stick with me for a long time. Conflict, contrast, convergence, super helpful. Um, can you take some of that and apply that then directly to the, the time that we find, we find ourselves in? We've heard all kinds of different information about the coronavirus. We've heard a lot of different ideas about how it should be approached. So I'm wondering what stands out to you from like a scientific standpoint with what you know about viruses and science, what seems pertinent for this time that we find ourselves in? Yeah, well, the, the coronavirus is a, is a fascinating thing. It's a scary thing. Don't get me wrong. But you know that the coronavirus is not anything that's new. Um, SARS, the SARS epidemic was a coronavirus in 2002. H1N1 influenza was a coronavirus in 2009, and the MERS was also a coronavirus in 2012. So coronaviruses are not a new thing. Uh, basically, what we know about the coronavirus is um, 
that it's filled with genetic information, in this case, RNA. It's called a positive single-strand RNA, and it, and it emanates from bats, if you didn't know that. Coronavirus came from bats and somehow was transferred to humans, and we're not sure. The really cool thing from a science, a purely kind of nerdy science aspect, is that viruses like the coronavirus that were discovered in about 1892, and then were be they began to use what we learned about viruses. So actually, in within the disease, um, we were actually able to take that. And in the 1920s, the Soviet Union was using viruses in order to um, medically treat patients in a process called phage therapy. In the United States, we didn't see that continue because right about the same time, uh, antibiotics were discovered. And so because of that, we said, oh, we don't need to use viruses to treat disease because we've got antibiotics. We'll just give everybody antibiotics. But What's amazing is that recently, in fact, just this year, the FDA just approved, uh, gave approval for clinical trials for phage or viral phage therapy, because now we have bacteria that have become resistant because of the overuse of antibiotics. And so now bacteria are not responding to antibiotics, and we're beginning to use viruses in order to treat disease. Um, and so what we can do is we can take the coronavirus, other uh, of those kinds of viruses, we can manufacture um, genetics, uh, DNA, pieces of DNA, and insert them into the virus. And then we inject the virus into people and that virus will travel to specific, very specific cells and do what it does best, which is to kill those cells. In this case, kill bacterial cells to kill cancer cells, and it's much more specific and targeted a remedy for diseases that we have, whereas uh, antibiotic or radiation or chemotherapy just kills everything. Um, and so uh, actually it's, a, it's an amazing thing that in this really horrible time, this negative time of suffering, that in a way, it's almost a gift from God, as many things are, right? We see in our suffering and pain that God has something for us through that. Um, and in this case, he's given us the opportunity or scientists the opportunity to find new treatments that will actually save many, many lives in the future because of the uh, coronavirus. Wow, I don't know what I thought that your answer was going to be to that question, but I was not expecting that. Uh, <laughs> that was absolutely fascinating. I just, I hear like um, kind of a combination of fascination and hope in your description. Um, mm -hmm. That's really beautiful. So I think just kind of final thoughts as you, as you have this kind of thinking about the coronavirus, you've already talked a little bit about God's gift in the midst of suffering. What would you say to both believers and budding scientists, to the students you have in your classroom who are attending BCS um, for an education with a Christian perspective, with a Christian worldview? What would you say to them? Yeah, that's a great question. Um, you know, this is not the first time in history that we've seen this. In, in about 165, a plague swept, swept through the Roman Empire, and one in three were killed 
that happened again in in the year 251 where about 5,000 people just in the city of Rome died. And during that time, um, we they saw um, families abandoning each other. Um, pagan priests were fleeing their temple. And and what came of that was that the Christ that Christians during that time gained this reputation because although they did, they still were suffering just like everyone else was, they came with um, love and care, uh, water and food, and they they helped people in this tragedy to understand how to get through it. And so with this current pandemic with COVID-19 throughout the world, we have an opportunity, I think, to unite as a human family, to serve those in need, and to answer some broad spiritual questions like the one that you're asking. We believe, I think as Christians, that the answer to questions about um, evil um, and, and about uh, disease, that where that emanated was from the original fall with Adam and Eve. Of course, we believe that. And so we don't think, I don't believe that uh, God sent the coronavirus, but I think the virus is here because of the fall in the garden. However, we also know that Christ embraced that suffering that he found in the world, uh, that through the suffering, by accepting that suffering, he used the suffering to become an instrument of salvation. While the ministry of Jesus Christ destroyed his salvation, destroyed the kingdom of sin and death, the consequence of that sin still leaves us with this human experience where we get sick and we have viruses and we're afraid and we suffer. But the difference, I think, for us as Christians is that suffering while emanating from the evil of original sin, can now become redemptive for us and for our community in a positive way that we can view suffering through the eyes of Christ, that we can encounter and share spiritual gifts like eternal wisdom, hope, and thanksgiving and love, and and that we can show the world uh, through what Christ has given us this, this peace and this ability to, to be calm in difficult situations and care about other people, um, I think we can send a great message of hope and salvation to the world um, in this time of crisis. Amen, Tom. That's so good. You won't hear that in our public media right there, in that perspective. That's so good. Uh, we're talking today with Tom Osborne about the coronavirus and the implication it has on all of our physical lives. Hey, we're going to take a short break here for a few public service announcements. And when we come back, we're going to talk to BCS Athletic Director and Women's Basketball Coach Mark DeYoung and get some real practical advice on how we can all keep our bodies healthy during these chaotic, crazy times. While we're on break, I'm going to go do some push-ups and some sit-ups and get buff. We'll be right back. <laughs> Hello, friends. Reverend Rogers here, a.k.a. The Rev. And I want to make you high schoolers and junior high students aware of a great opportunity. Are you lonely and in need of connection during this time of social distancing? Are you already hanging out with friends but hoping to make that time more than just sitting around Snapchatting and making TikTok videos? 
Maybe even make that hangout time purposeful and spiritually meaningful. Well, you need to join a BCS small group. Email smallgroups at bellevuechristian.org and we'll help you organize a group for you and your friends and give you the resources you need to make that hangout time purposeful and spiritually significant. Email us today at smallgroups at bellevuechristian.org. Welcome back to the Webcast, a weekly podcast where we discuss real-life issues trying to make sense of the chaotic crazy. I'm your host, The Rev, and we're here with the lovely Miss Amanda Albright, and today we're talking coronavirus and some of the implications it has on our physical health. Amanda, I don't know about you, but during this coronavirus and moving school to an online environment, I'm finding myself constantly in front of my computer. And what that means is that I am just sitting here and the only thing that's really moving is like maybe my fingertips and maybe my mouth on video calls. Uh, Amanda, how, how are you making sure that you get up and out and get the exercise that you need? You know, I'll be honest, when I finish the workday, mostly all I want to do is go flop on the couch. Um, and I'm not really sure why, because I've been sitting all day. But my roommate and I have been very diligent. We've gone for a lot of walks. We live real close to uh, the Burke Gilman Trail. And so I've been hopping off of my work day and going out for some furious quick walking. But that's about it. Are, are you a jogger, Amanda? Yes, I'm a jogger and a runner. But these days I'm walking. I don't know why. We're just more walking. That's good. <laughs> Well, if you ever see me jogging, you need to get in behind me because something bad has happened. (laughs) (laughs) Amanda, I'm super excited to have with us as well today, Mr. Mark DeYoung. Mark serves as the athletic director for BCS, and he's done that for 14 years. Um, He's the head coach of the BCS varsity women's basketball team and has the privilege of coaching two of his own daughters on the team. So, Mark, it's great to have you with us. Mark, how are you and your family holding up during this crazy season of life? Well, first, thanks for having me. I appreciate that. Uh, Things are going well, uh, all things considered. Obviously different than what we're used to in the normal routine, but we're trying to, uh, to make the new routine and make the best out of it. Thanks, Mark. We're really glad that you're here today. I had um, I had Mark's two girls when they were in sixth grade several years ago, and it was just a treat. So I can imagine them being cooped up with them at home. It's just not a bad thing at all. So yeah, we're glad that you're here with us. Mark, we want to know, how do we take care of our bodies during this time? What are you and your family doing um, to keep yourselves active, to keep yourselves moving around? I know that's a priority for the DeYoung family. So what are you doing? Yeah, we have... Um been doing a few different things or trying to do a few different things. We are a pretty active family with, with a lot of different things going on. And, and um, I'll be honest with you, the first um, maybe close to week, we, we kind of laid low just to uh, relax and, and kind of get the routine uh, down. I think the first thing that, uh, you know, that we're trying to do is, is, is just eat well. You know, uh, we don't get to eat as much as we would like together as a family. So uh, to be able to, to do that, to uh, plan meals together, to, to make them together, to um, make sure that there's those fruits and vegetables and, and all those things that uh, maybe we don't uh, do because we don't have the time, um, that would be 
would be one. And then, um, and then just trying to, to get out and move, like you guys both said, you know, you're behind a computer and you're, you're kind of sitting and stagnant and, and, um, for whatever reason, I think that kind of, uh, slows you down a little bit and, uh, you don't always feel like, like doing something. So you gotta be purposeful and, 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 uh, maybe even sometimes make yourself, I got to go do this or, or whatnot. It's a little bit easier when the weather is good. When the weather isn't as, is, is great. That's not always easier as well. A lot of truth in that brother. Mark, one of the things that I find is that when I wake up in the morning and on those days that I'll take the extra 30 minutes or so to get a quick workout in, my day just seems to go better. Why, why does it seem that it's so important, even, you know, especially right now during this season of, of doing school at home, um, why does it seem so important for us just to get up and just move, to go for a walk, to, to just get out? Um, it feels almost like we're compensating for something. And I'm not exactly sure what we're compensating for, but why is it that it feels so important right now to do that? Well, I, I think that God made us to move. God made us to, to be active, to, um, to, to do different things, to, to use talents and, and gifts that he's, he's blessed us with. And uh, I don't think there's not too many uh, things that I can remember where you said, just, you know, just sit. I mean, obviously there's times to sit and be still, right? But, but he made us to move, to, to be active. Um, and, and so that's, that's important. And, and to whether, you know, I, I mentioned routine, right? And some of us have a routine, like you mentioned, of, of getting up and doing that right away in the morning. Others of us have gotten in a routine of doing that, you know, later in, in the afternoon. And to be quite honest, maybe that routine changes now. And we got to figure out what that routine is. But I think the routine has to include um, something, to, something to do. I think this is also an, an opportunity to, you know, we're creatures of habit. And so we, we go to the things that uh, that we, we know. Well, this is an opportunity for us to tr- maybe try something that we haven't done before. Um, you know, whether whether that's, um, you know, the other day there was we were looking on. The, we've got Comcast and Comcast has um, you, can, you can say free into the, um, the, the remote control. Right. And it gives you all the different things. Well, part of there is there's cardio, there's yoga, there's weight loss, there's, you know, there's so sometimes you don't want to try something new because, well, if I'm in the gym, I don't know if someone's going to ridicule me or, or say something to me about me doing something that uh, maybe I'm not doing it right or whatever the case may be. Well, if I'm in the comfort of my own home and I'm trying it, the only person that you're going to get ridiculed by possibly is, is your is your family, and that's probably going to happen anyway. Uh, Mark, too funny. A few years ago, I bought a kickboxing video and I started kickboxing in my kitchen exactly because there was nobody there to watch me. You will not catch me kickboxing in public, but it's something that I will do alone in the kitchen for sure. So you're on to something there. Um, I want to see that. (laughs) I don't know if you do. So you, you mentioned something that I've actually been really wondering about. I get like maybe five emails every day with all of the different free resources out there. It seems like every gym is offering something free. There are a gazillion apps out there with a bunch of different free plans. Um, And it's almost like death by choices, right? So I want to know how you decide what to do. Um, If there are any specific recommendations that you would give to help us kind of cut through the options, like how do you pick? How do you know what you're looking for? Well, I think the first thing, Amanda, would be, Start start with where you're comfortable. So what I what I mean by that is is you don't need to change everything up 
Um, just because you may be not doing it in the same place, it might look a little different. Um, but but start with where you're comfortable. So if if you are a member of a gym, my guess is, is that gym is sending some online stuff. Or if you um, are regularly going to a certain app, or you're regularly um, have a, a online um, thing that you're you're doing, you know, you know, start there because that's that's known. You you know what that is. You know what that's about. Obviously, you've done it before, so you um, you've got a reference point there, right? And then then the next part would be is is if, if you want, then you can go ahead and and try something new. Um, like like I mentioned earlier, this is a great opportunity for 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 people to to try something that maybe they weren't willing to try before, or Everybody has those go-to people in their lives too, and in in a lot of times, um, you know, you're working out with somebody else, you know. So, you know, okay, so Amanda, if you're my workout partner, you know, Amanda, you know, don't be afraid to to call somebody and say, hey, Amanda, what are you, what are you doing right now? Or, you know, Rev, uh, I've seen you doing this in the in the um, BCS weight room, um, but I didn't really know what that was. Can you tell me a little bit more about that? So, you know, use the people, and also it just makes for a good opportunity to connect with another person right um hey you know tell me tell me why you're doing this or this is what i'm trying to do um you know any or all of those things i think are, are great places to start I, I don't think that it's something that all of a sudden you gotta reinvent the, the wheel um so i would say you know start with, with what you know and then and then kind of go from there well i love for both when you're talking about at the very beginning meal planning with your family. And then again, now talking about working out for both of those, you're really talking about building relationships with people in this time and investing intentionally in people, which is a way that you're investing in your social, emotional health and your physical health at the same time. And we're such interconnected beings, right? You mentioned the way that we're made, we're made to move. We're also made to connect with people. So I like the way that you're kind of tying those things together. It's a really holistic um, and godly approach to caring for ourselves, kind of taking responsibility to live into the way we were made. Thank you. Mark, it's been great to have you with us. This has been so good. Miss Amanda, what do we have for the RevCast for next week? So Rev, next week is spring break. Super exciting. But it's also Holy Week. So we're going to be doing a very special RevCast Holy Week edition. You know, this year, most of us will not be able to worship in our churches like we're accustomed to doing. So we're going to be talking about how we can all celebrate Easter this year in the midst of the situation in which we find ourselves. We'll be joined by our junior high and high school choir director and chapel worship leader, Mr. William Tollefson. He's a church organist, choir and worship director. So we're really excited to talk with him about music and Holy Week and um, remembering the time that we're in. That'll be another great time. Well, friends, thanks for tuning in to the RevCast, and we'll see you back here next week where we'll discuss real-life issues and making sense of all the chaotic crazy. So until next time, the Lord bless you and keep you. Don't do anything we wouldn't do. Have clean hands and a clean heart. Remember, we love you. And, and Jesus, Jesus loves loved you, you even, even more. more. <laughs> So good.